Hi, this is Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist. I wanted to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad that you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people, live a meaningful life and pursue their passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 4. I give a late look back at the lives and business of today's most important elements with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. Inspiring people made stronger with our exclusive knowledge partner, Bristol Institute checked into EI Cafe as the exclusive knowledge partner for season 4. Bristol Institute, affiliated to University of the West of England, which is ranked 21st and the highest ranked UK university in Sri Lanka, which offers MBA, MSc in Accounting and Finance, LLM in Commercial Law, BSc Accounting and Finance, BA in Business Management, BSc, MSc in Nursing and Foundation Studies. Bristol Institute is committed to produce graduates who are equipped with knowledge and skills to leverage new opportunities and to creating exceptional value in the corporate as well as in the public sector. For more information, please log on to www.bristolinstitute.edu.lk or check out this podcast note for more information. is another transformative process of guiding and enabling change within a coachee for a positive outcomes. Neuroscience is a study of the brain and the nervous system. How the system functions psychologically to transform sensory stimuli into output, actions and or reactions. Coupling these two provides a deep impact, emphasis of self-awareness about how one's brain is wired to process information, learn and create habits while simultaneously using that awareness to dismantle self-limiting beliefs, doubts, anxiety, narrow perspective and biases. So how can leaders and coaches can get the benefit by applying neuroscience for their coaching process. A very warm welcome to the show, 
season four of EI Cafe with Azim. I'm your host, Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist, a legacy display facilitator, ICF certified coach, and an emotional intelligence practitioner. Here we are again, another interesting episode, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. Just to remind you that inspiring people made more stronger with our exclusive knowledge partner, Bristol Institute affiliated with the UK, University of the West of England ranked 21 in UK and the highest ranked UK university in Sri Lanka. For more information, please do check into the podcast note. In today's episode, we are gonna talk about practical application of neuroscience for coaching. To discuss this, I have one of my good colleagues all the way from UK. Let me introduce her. For more than 20 years, she has worked with coaches, trainers, and HR professionals to increase their results through using neuroscience in their work. As co-founder of My Brain International and profiling instrument Mind, M-I-N-D, she provides accredited tools and resources for the appliances of neuroscience and is author of the best-selling book, Stuck, Brain Smart Insights for Coaches. She's passionate about helping people to embrace their uniqueness by making friends with their brains. Really interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Jill McKay, speaker, author, applied neuroscience coach, and co-founder of My Brain International. Jill, a very warm welcome to the cafe. That is fantastic. What a lovely welcome. I'm delighted to be here, Azim. Thanks to hear. Thank you so much for this. It's um, And season four, congratulations on everything you're sharing with your audience. Thank you very much Jill, for that. And, and, and my humble gratitude to your spending your valuable time with me to inspire people in my cafe. Uh, this is a great honor for me as well, Jill. So Jill, you heard the introduction, what it's about, and this is one of your favorite area we are going to talk about. <laughs> uh, the topic is practical application of neuroscience in coaching, right? Uh, before we get there, let me ask you with this. What is your purpose in your business? How oh my goodness. You know, all that first sentence you've just said is all of my favorite things to talk about, <laughs> my favorite topics. So I am all about helping people to embrace what makes them unique, to really embrace their uniqueness, enjoy what it is that makes them special. You know, we are not carbon copies of each other. We're all different. We've got different brains. Thank goodness. We've got different brain cells. We've got different genetics. We've got different experiences and we've got different imaginations. And isn't that wonderful? Absolutely. So my purpose is to help people step into I guess the best versions of themselves, and you said it before, to make friends with their brains. And what I do is I, I give them a little peek inside their brains to give them a language for their strengths, for their, their, their passions, and really what makes them tick. And it's all about the beauty of that self-awareness that that can give them. And beyond themselves, if we can understand that each other, we're all unique, we're all different. Yeah. It's also yeah. about helping to build a respect of one another mm. so that we can work more collaboratively. We can really enjoy 
that diversity of working together. So it's all about respect and collaboration. And I, I always say that um, I'm on a mission to get everybody to fall in love with their brain and become fascinated with what it can do for you and how you can live your best life. <laughs> Absolutely. I am vouching for that because, uh, you know, in my secondary school, I, I failed science and I, I hate science, but you never know that it, it brings a lot of, um, you know, enthusiasm, curiosity when you talk about brain now for me. I, I love talking about it because after getting me this emotional intelligence, I learned how people can really transform when they really master their mind, get fall in love with their brain, as you said. It's really amazing, Jill. Thank you very much it for sharing. Really is. And, and it's really important what you say there about, you know, we, we, we come out of some of school where we, we really learn to pass an exam on a, it has to be a limited curriculum. And yet isn't the joy of learning that we explore and we discover later when we've got a different context, you know, <laughs> who, who, you wouldn't have thought as a young boy that you'd be, wow, I'm enjoying studying the brain. But you're, as you've evolved and you, you've become really motivated in different arenas, you're opening up to new avenues. It's, it's really wonderful and encouraging and motivating. Absolutely. So Jill, my next question, like you, you don't told about the purpose. Now, where did this purpose come from? Yeah, so I, I, I'm going way back to childhood as well as you going back to your <laughs> science lessons. <laughs> so I, I, it's a bit of a grand statement or a dramatic statement, but I was born different or rather importantly, I felt different so I was born with a quite a what was what was considered many years ago when I was young um, as quite a serious heart complaint so I had a serious cardiac condition um, and I just and I, my parents discovered it when I was two and I felt different to all of my peer group to my friends in those days we know so much more nowadays than we did way back in the in the 90 I'll, I'll give you a clue the 1960s oh. <laughs> yeah it's a long time ago we know so much more today but I was on half day schooling for a year I was very skinny I had blue nails I had blue lips I had I was perfectly strong I was academically as good as my friends I I could do the gym classes but the teachers didn't want me to the doctors didn't want me to nowadays we know that's a myth everything would have been fine but I felt different to my peer group because I I was different I looked different because I was so small mm. but also I just felt I didn't belong and I didn't fit in now where I was hugely fortunate was that I had without knowing the language then two of the most emotionally intelligent parents around they were both doctors so maybe there was something intuitive around it but Daniel Goldman hadn't uh, put the word out there for us all at that stage but they brought me up to embrace who I was and to really step into the power of my difference and to understand that hey this is me I may have blue nails I may have uh, you know I, I may have be, be, have a smaller body I may be on half day schooling but I can still be a good friend I can still contribute I can still be part of the gang and then the joy was that I, I very fortunately was able to have a, a fabulous operation at the wonderful Great Ormond Street Hospital in London, the Children's Hospital. Um, again, I felt different because there was a fund in my local town to send me to Houston in America. But in the end, I was able to go to, go to London. And what I discovered was as I became 
more like my peer group is actually I wanted to hang on to my difference. <laughs> Thank you to my parents for bringing me up in the way that, hey, you yeah. are you and just be you because that's your place in the world. And, and I think I always knew, even from being young, after, after my operation, which was when I was 12, I always knew I wanted to work with others in some guise. I know many of us know we want to be in the helping profession. But I, 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 I entered the sort of personal development and training field, and that gave me my, um, it shone a light on my purpose. And neuroscience has enabled that even more mm. to be able to work with people to, to help them to understand the joy of being themselves and to get the best out of themselves. Wow, Joe, that was an amazing journey, I believe. Uh, you know, uh, your purpose had led you to dismantle the whole beliefs. I think that's the power of neuroscience, I guess. Absolutely. You know, I, we, we certainly didn't know what we know now about neuroscience. And certainly my parents, they were, they were doctors, but they weren't in that field. They wouldn't have known what we know today about neuroscience. But I think wonderfully they helped instill in me that that belief and right. you know the, the mind and the brain are inextricably linked you know the, the brain gives us a physiological explanation for what goes on with our mindsets mm. and little did I know when I was a youngster feeling I didn't fit in and then as I grew up feeling actually I want to hang on to some of that mm. uh, little did I know the power and the strength of that awareness absolutely fantastic uh, Jill, thank you for sharing for the whole process. I think it, it, the whole root cause is really definitive how we have come across. Uh, next, I want to really bring this particular connection. You know, um, I love emotional intelligence and uh, you love neuroscience. Let's connect this, right? Uh, before we connect, for our you know, benefit for our listeners to make sure that what simple way you can say what is neuroscience and how it can help with emotional intelligence can be a great way to uh, bring the clarification in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you introduced it beautifully at the beginning. At its core, neuroscience is the study of the physical brain and the nervous system. And yeah, let me give you a wonderful fact. Um, we know that around 80%, that's eight zero, four fifths, you know, it's a large number of our brain cells reside in the more ancient structures of the brain that are more responsible for our emotional alignment, our emotional regulation, our emotional well-being. Now, I, I, one of the things I believe that is, is my, my job uh, around educating around neuroscience is to dispel some of the myths. You know, we do not have an emotional brain and a rational brain isn't like that. It's a lot more complex than that. But we are able to isolate um, uh, some different regions of the brain, a mix of regions of the brain, where we know there are a huge amount that are, are responsible for our emotions and our feelings they give rise to our emotional responses and and reactions so at its simplest there are there are there are two areas of connection i, I believe that are 
hugely useful to practitioners in emotional intelligence. The one I've already touched upon, which is self-awareness, yep. you know, that the cornerstone of, of emotional intelligence, you know, if we can start to learn about what are those facets that really make us tick as a human being, an individual human being, then that that's that will really help to give us a language for our for our strength. You know, and surely pivotal you you'll know that this more yes. than me because you're an absolute expert in the ei field <laughs> thank you is that 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 prime relationship is is with ourselves and if you'd let just let me share i i'm i use quite a lot of metaphor in my work and i often like one of the metaphors i use here is the metaphor of a house so if you consider that a house might have a number of rooms within it and um, some of the rooms might be painted different colors and there are different pictures on the wall. So we can learn about ourselves if we think that our mind and our brain is like the rooms in the house. We can walk around the rooms and maybe we've got a coach that can help us. They can walk around the rooms with us. So we can try to create some change and build some awareness like changing new behaviors, trying new skills. So we may be moving the furniture around or changing the paint color, moving the pictures around, or even choose to work in a different room every day. However, the house also has foundations where it's built into and rooted into the ground. And my work is all about helping to ensure that we as human beings have those solid foundations mm. of self-awareness so that clients understand at that brain level why changing the furniture around is a good idea, why they want to paint the colour that, that day on the wall a different colour. So wobbly foundations, if they're wobbling and they're not secure, that makes for a wobbly mind. And it's about having that um, connection between our, the awareness of who we are and that understanding that the rooting and the anchoring of the brain. So neuroscience really helps us to look at the, the foundations mm. of who we are. And that's, you know, why do we sometimes feel fantastic and energized? And why do we sometimes feel, you know, flat and drained? What is it that buzzes us up and empowers us? And when some things feel great and we're in flow and yet we don't enjoy doing other things. Mm -hmm. Neuroscience helps to shine a light on that awareness of when we're operating at our best and when we could do with a, a bit of an energy boost. Very interesting, Gilles. I really like the connection you bought and you said that foundation, co-element, Printing then self-awareness. And I love the metaphor you brought, that particular house element. <laughs> like you build the house, you have colorful, and you as a coach will take them through the whole and start moving the furniture. It's really amazing that you bring that metaphor. And that metaphor creates that my mind to bring that visual around. Is that involved in neuroscience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't even get me started on the senses <laughs> because we, <laughs> we, do, we, we do all have, and some of it is learned as well, but we will have natural sensory channels that help us to engage with information in a different way. I, it appears like yourself, as I'm also a, a very visual person. I love speaking in, in, in visual language. I enjoy metaphor. Yes. Not everyone is. You know, some people engage more with, with data and with facts. 
And for others, they may engage more with um, more of say a, a step by step kinesthetic yeah or the, that real practical kinesthetic mm. hand-on mm. way of learning the great teachers in the world know this mm. and they know that if they've got a classroom full of well adults or you know or a book club or you know whoever they're, they're dealing with it's to be able to um be agile in the phraseology and agile in the way that they offer mm. the learning mm. to the group to the group that they're with um i find that for for some people to 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 connect to something as perceived they, they perceive the brain and it's right to be complex sometimes using the metaphor helps to bring it to life and, mm. and move it closer to mm. something that we can use and something that that can be understood um, so it make it brings it into a context that's relevant mm. for for them i think i think the metaphor really expands the mind that's what i feel because when you give a metaphor yeah. you quickly start picking it up okay this relates to this so uh, you know um, it's easy for people to connect as well so yes Jill, my next line is coming into more into a coaching context right? yes um uh, me as a coach uh, i always believe that coaching is really important uh, you need to have a coach in myself i have a coach you know when i go through certain i just have a conversation with that person try to resolve expand my mind and show kind of find my path to self-discovery Right. In this context, what are the, some of the benefits of neuroscience to coaches? How can they really apply this particular context? Because one of the misunderstandings most people have when you talk about neuroscience, more technical, more, more like really jargon context, more into uh, scientific approach. But then again, I believe it's very simpler version of it. So again, what would be the benefit of neuroscience for coaches? Yeah. In I, I agree with with everything you say you know I, I also have a coach I think it you know it keeps us sharp and it keeps us you know authentic as well as coaches uh, ourselves like I completely agree with that and yes I do I do believe agree with you as well that many people think this is too complicated or alternatively it's fashionable and because it's fashionable <laughs> there must be and they're right a lot of mythology around it you know there there is a lot of um, nonsense talked mm -hmm. about neuroscience and yet we're at this wonderful stage in the world of science at the moment where due to technology the technological re re revolution mm -hmm. we can take the outputs of research from fully functional human beings, rather than just what latterly happened many years ago, cutting up rats in labs, ooh, horrible, um, or looking at the um, what was happening in um, patients with neurodegenerative conditions, we're now able to move away just from the clinical setting into the business setting. But there certainly is the opportunity for misinterpretation, definitely, and for fashion to you know come to Absolutely. the fore. And yeah. one piece of research, somebody's says aha the cure for alzheimer's disease the cure for getting clients you know, it, it's a bit deeper than that so i think that the benefits are several fold um i guess the first one is that you yourself will know in the coaching space that there are some clients who are suspicious of coaching they think it's what i would describe as lack of soft confidence yeah, they, they don't they, they don't want to reveal much yes. of themselves so for, for some people 
having an evidence-based approach that sits behind the coaching process that can actually add real value and validity for them to Mm -hmm. and it helps them to open up it helps them to afford the same credibility to coaching Mm -hmm. as they would to perhaps other business programs Mm -hmm. and on the counter side of that and I've already mentioned this a little bit in, in your last question I think it also helps people when they understand that 80% of our neurons are in that more um, ancient part of the brain that responsible for intuition and emotions. It almost gives them permission to start to open up about emotions. And that is such a, a liberating and a genuine, authentic place to be. Um, and it helps people to understand that whole emotional self-regulation element of emotional intelligence as well. You know, we do know from neuroscience that information streams into our nervous system and our, and our brain, but it reaches those more ancient structures, those more, more the, the structures that are more responsible for emotions around six times faster than our more modern rational brain. So I think innately most of us know this as human human beings, but if you get a sense of some sort of feeling or emotion or, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, your brain and your body are giving you a message and it pays to pay attention to that. And I think that knowing that and understanding that helps people to be able to connect connect perhaps more readily to the emotional information that's there and to connect to more of that emotional um, self-regulation, to be able to sit with it, to be able to acknowledge it and discuss it. That can be hugely liberating for clients. And I think um, another benefit, and again, this is a big one, um, is that neuroscience validates that change is possible. It's not just about changing will, taking willpower and every day trying to exercise that willpower and change <laughs> something and move out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But if you practice again and again and again, and you've identified your triggers and you've identified how you're going to reward yourself and you've identified the, the, the change you're wanting to make, then at a physical level, at a neurological level, you are in the most simple terms, you are rewiring yourself and you're doing that yourself. And isn't that incredibly powerful? You know, people who have perhaps given up sugar, they quit the sugar habit or the chocolate habit or the cigarettes or or something. It's harder at first, but then it becomes easier because what your brain is seeing is new routines new and new practices that you're embedding and eventually you're setting up new neural pathways and new neurons in your brain will get attracted to the i don't like sugar neural Mm. pathway rather than the i love chocolate neural pathway it is harder at first but that's a great benefit for if people know that i can take a choice and i can make a change that's hugely powerful so i think those are the top three benefits about people who are suspicious and that the evidence helps to validate it the fact that we all know that if we're making that change ourselves and we we change at a physical level and also that whole area of emotional regulation i think that's really powerful for people
Absolutely. I think the mo- one of the most uh, tough element is that change element to bring because when you, when you do coaching, we, we are looking about transformation, right? Um, yes. It's transformative change. Where that, uh, as you said, certain habits will become a challenge for those people to change, especially in performance, you know, building up the performance uh, in terms of uh, a corporate environment. Um, yes. I, I think I agree with you. I think neuroscience can help most of the coaches if they really... Uh, look at it, how to really <clears throat> touch the, uh, uh, where to touch in terms of having that conversation, which area of the brain we should really, really focus on the client, uh, how we can really evolve the ideas around this. I think that this would be a fantastic, uh, you know, a tool uh, for coaches, isn't it? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think it's, it, it adds a layer. It, it's, neuroscience doesn't replace any of the, you know, the teaching that you and I have received from yes. our, our, our various, you know, when we initially trained and as we have, you know, yeah. moved up our professional uh, qualifications as well. It doesn't change any of those. It's just another layer. I, you know, I guess like any, you know, like, like NLP or any other modality, you know, I, I think what is hugely exciting about it is that um, our clients mostly are really excited by it because they're curious. I think you and I both know that yes. if we're able to invoke a sense of curiosity with our clients, that's when the learning happens. Absolutely. And, and, and when people are in a curious and a learning zone, that's when they get their great transformations and their great discoveries. And, um, and, and neuroscience helps to keep that curiosity. I mean, after all, aren't we all you know, in, in, at a basic level, interested in what makes us tick, mm-hmm. you know, and what makes us unique, what makes mm-hmm. us special as an individual and our contribution, how we show up in the world. Agreed, agreed. Uh, so Jill, my, my next question would be, um, any examples do you have um, of coaching, coaches using neuroscience in their work with your, with your experience? Oh yeah, absolutely, loads, and not just me. <laughs> you know, I, I have many, many, um, peer groups and, and, and um, people who I know who are you know as passionate about neuroscience as myself and also we we run a, an applied neuroscience qualification so many of our practitioners have come from really different angles actually which is really good good to uh, to mm-hmm. see so obviously the what we've just talked about that change that habit change it, most of our uh, practitioners most of uh, many coaches will use it to help shine a light on how habits can be changed and mm. so that uh, clients can understand that another really interesting area is motivation there are many different parts of, of motivation we know ourselves and with our clients i seem that if um if somebody isn't feeling that sense of mojo it's really hard to create change they, they've lost the energy around mm. it and what we've we've learned from neuroscience is that there are there are many areas that can help enhance motivation, one of which is a passion of yours, is sense of purpose. We know that when people are aligned and when we can help a client to identify um, their purpose, research tells us that physically we can actually add years to our life. I mean, it's just extraordinary when we have that um, sense of purpose and a sense of autonomy mm. and a sense of learning those three combined um, and there's some good research that sits behind us really helps in that area of motivation a really simple one is um, visualization 
So sports psychologists use it all the time, you know, but the really important thing, you know, visualization is a mental rehearsal. Mm. It isn't about just visualizing running across the winning line, beating Mo Farah or beating Usain Bolt, you know, mm. yeah. it's actually visualizing the steps you take to get there mm. because that will build that slow neural change in your mind. It, it's, but it is a rehearsal because the brain can't tell the difference between real and imagined so if you visualize in glorious technicolor and you visualize all those steps you take then you know, many of our coaches use that as a technique um, i have one colleague who works in um, the weight loss arena so he works in obesity uh, that is his passion and he has used neuroscience to help clients understand where they're sabotaging their weight loss effort. It's, mm. it's really interesting. So he uses research from neuroscience to help his clients understand actually where they're getting in their own way, you know, where that saboteur is on their shoulder and how to then connect with their strengths to pull them away from that saboteur. Very interesting. And then we had one um, practitioner who was a, she was actually a neurobiologist okay. and she used neuro so she knew more than me much more than me um, at a university wonderful application she used she taught in medical schools and she used some of our output um, mm. in, in the coaching arena to help medical students learn about bedside manner so how to engage with patients in a human, well, let's move back to emotional intelligence, in an emotionally intelligence way. So there are so, so many ways, you know, we can use it with goaling and decisions, mm. with mm. negativity and turning the script. You know, the brain wants to keep us safe. So we often want to stay in our comfort zone. Comfort there are so many different applications that mm. of, of coaches, coaches using it. We, I know somebody who uses neuro, neuroscience working with deep trauma and depression as well. Clearly, mm. there's more training and expertise around that. But so many applications. I think we'd all find, no matter what our, our whether we have a, a specific niche or whether we have, we, we, we're broader and we see clients with a, a broad range mm. of presenting issues, yeah. we, we could find that it, it, it helps. I'm, I'm increasingly working in the um, sobriety area. So I'm helping okay. people to live an alcohol-free life mm. because, because I, I live in uh, one of my choices, but I'm using neuroscience to, to help us get there to understand not just cravings and addictions, but also understand the mindset of, of the new world that we will be moving into when, when we get to that alcohol-free arena. So I could talk about this for a long time. There are <laughs> many, yes. many applications wonderful there. Kid, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful to hear, wonderful. These are, these are really important elements, I always believe, because uh, we, we are a human being, we always like really get uh, you know, cornered to certain perspective. But if you see neuroscience, where other things applied, I think you just roll out the whole list. And uh, I, I have a small clarification to make. What, what if in a case of a, a corporate context, a coach who's looking to improve, transform a performance element of an uh, employee, yeah, well, a leader, how does this involve? Because um, meaning having a conversation, there might be a very, uh, you know, we never coaches talk about negativity. We never go into that but barriers and challenging environment. We always try to, you know, into a, a gaining area, we put it. But in that context, how can neuroscience support us? 
Yeah, well, I think in, in my experience where I've both used it and, and other colleagues have used it in that leadership and corporate sense as well is, is in that whole area of understanding difference, understanding my own style and understanding the impact on others. So in that whole area of high performing teams, when you're able to have a language for your own strengths and understand the different contributions that everyone in the team makes, so they're coming from their own uniqueness uh, we have a profiling tool that's based on neuroscience that helps give that sort of language okay. it's, it's hugely powerful actually when when leaders can really bring uh, performance results much higher by ensuring that uh, real inclusion and real diversity and leveraging strengths it's a really big a powerful way to help performance to move up the performance curve if you like you know the, the one mm. process that can be changed is understanding that everybody in the team has a contribution to make i always say that we recruit for strengths but often we develop for gaps. And I think it's such a shame because surely we should be developing even more in the strengths and using strengths in different contexts. So often you know, we can help leaders with, with, from a neuroscientific perspective, understand what motivates their team, where their team's strengths and real contributions are, and then do more of that. Absolutely. And if they've got a gap, Find somebody else who's got a strength there. Yeah. I think there's such an amazing corporate context there. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jennifer, for sharing <laughs> that. So, uh, Jill, we have come to our end of our conversation. Last bit of it. Uh, it has been a quite amazing uh, conversation. A lot of learnings, a lot of rich content. Uh, before I let you go, I want something from you. I need a golden nugget for our listeners right. where they can look into neuroscience and start practicing this particular element what okay. would be that one so it's a simple one but it's a very important one if you can remember this what is good for your body is good for your brain so sleep hydration yeah good nourishment exercise nature they are our friends not just for our bodies but for our brain. So look after your body, look after your brain, and you will absolutely be looking after your thoughts, your mind, and your emotional intelligence. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jill, for that golden nugget. I think that's simple, but that's one thing we really forget. We forget for a good sleep, good health, good food, exercise. These are the things we really forget. I think fantastic absolutely. way to put it up. Thank you very much. So that's the time that we have, ladies and gentlemen. My key takeaway is listen and love your brain. That will lead to bring a better person, better person, better version of you who can really show up to the whole world. And what is your key learning? I believe there are a lot of learnings today with, uh, with Jill shared. So uh, my gratitude to Jill McKay, uh, Mikai, speaker, author, applied neuroscience coach, and co-founder of My Brain International. You can get connected to her uh, via her social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, and log on to www.mybrain.co.uk to explore more of her work. She does, she does a fantastic line of work, and she has a blog as well. You can really um, sign up for that to get more update of neuroscience as well. So Jill, once again, thank you very much for your valuable you. time spending in the cafe and inspiring people to live a meaningful life. It was an absolute pleasure. I will come and have you a, a coffee in your cafe anytime. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you very much, Jeff. has become of increasing interest and importance the field of human evolution and development as coaches it's beneficial to understand how the brain works because we can develop our coaching to align with how the brain naturally functions most people come to coaches to create change and ultimately transform the way they think behave perform interact with others and approach their work and lives in order to be effective we need to understand how the brain support change and transformation coaching helps to the coachy give focus attention to their insight and possibilities where your coachy puts their attention creates connection in their brain and this increases the mental resources this provides more energy to resist homeostasis and support their long term transformation jill mckay shared an amazing golden nugget what is good for your body is good for your brain have sufficient sleep good nourishment healthy routine nature they are friends not only for your body but for our brains too my special thanks to jill mckay for spending her valuable time in the cafe do stay tuned for the next episode where i'll be taking up another interesting topic ei cafe with azim a 30 minutes of valuable learning keep listening keep learning and keep improving for tuning in to this episode of EI Cafe with Azim we are sure do hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions please do reach out to me if you haven't done so already make sure you are subscribed to the show which is available in all major podcast platforms you are notified when a new episode is posted so rate it review and leave a comment and share with your friends thank you so much for listening and i hope you are leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day please do follow me on social media m azim sahil and do write to me what topics and from whom do you want to hear it from we will try to get them on board for you till i meet you another episode checking out of the cafe my name is azim sahil stay safe and god bless you